Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Our text this morning is from the Gospel of John. And Mary went to the tomb to finish things up, knowing that it was rather hastily attended to on that Friday because the Sabbath was descending and they had to wait for all of that to be over and done with. So she went to the tomb and found out that the tomb was empty. She was devastated. She ran to the disciples and she declared to them, somebody has opened up the tomb and taken out the body. This is awful. Who would do this? So Peter and John went running to the tomb and they looked in and there were their angels. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head, the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord. I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? And he asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbi. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I have yet to ascend to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I, ascending, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave him, gave them his message. God had his understanding to this hearing of his word. All four of the Gospels on this do not agree with each other. We have divergent accounts of this phenomenal event because nobody was anticipating it. All talk of resurrection in the Old Testament was talking about the people of Israel rising up. There was no anticipation of what they had experienced. And they knew, as we do, that death is absolutely irreversible. It's final. It's done. And, and yet we somehow want, we wish somehow that it wasn't quite so. We all have, perhaps in our own memories, our own minds, the very first experience that we may have had with death. And how hard it was as children to see its finality. For me, death was associated with, oddly enough, with Easter. My mom would do these big Easter gatherings for 
the whole family up in Spokane, and we had all, way too many family up there. And, uh, and then friends, and we had this long boulevard out back, and all the dads would go out there and hide Easter eggs. Mom and some of the other moms would be dying Easter eggs all week long, and we must have had 200 eggs. And mom went out of the, out of the way to bring in little chicks and ducks and, and some little bunnies and all that sort of thing. And of course, we were all little. And so it was like glorious, wonderful fun. But I remember mom was getting ready on the Saturday before Easter. And just for fun, I dumped all the chicks out of the box. And they were running around in the kitchen. And mom accidentally stepped on one. And I remember that little chick shooting out from under her foot. And I was so devastated when I saw that little, that little chick. It had died. It was done. And at about five years old, I couldn't understand what I had actually seen. Couldn't understand that, that this cute little yellow chick had been was gone. So that is our experience. Our experience is of the finality, the ultimacy. And, and nothing in our experience says otherwise. Just yesterday, I opened the hood of the car, and under the hood was all kinds of leaves that I'd gathered from, from uh, mahogany trees. I got out the leaf blower and blew them all out. Not a one of those leaves will come back to life. Every single one of them. Thousands upon thousands, millions upon billions of things that have been alive pass, die. And it's over. Then we have this reality of Easter. It is the fulcrum point of all human experience. It is the fulcrum point of all history. It is the point that validates, verifies, vindicates everything who Jesus claimed to be and all that Jesus in fact was and we now declare is. This resurrection, this turning point changes absolutely everything. Nothing is the same. And, and it's so dramatically large and huge that as we look at all these stories, the disciples, even after Jesus presents himself to them, some of them still doubt. Some of them still wonder. It's not like they were so ancient and pre-scientific that they didn't understand the realities of death. Their life was so much like our own. And they had trouble comprehending the reality of what they actually saw. So Mary goes to the tomb. She's devastated. And I, I really think that this constitutes her memory of that event when she says, well, I, I thought he was the gardener. <laughs> I thought he was the gardener. This was Jesus with whom she had been caring about 
just a few days before and no recognition because there was no anticipation or expectation. And so Jesus, who never asked an innocent question, asked her, who are you looking for? After all, you were looking for me. Here I am. I am here. I am with you. And Jesus, who had just a week earlier raised Lazarus, himself now is presented to Mary. And this reality is not something that was conjured up by the early church. Let's face it. If this were a hoax, if this were a conspiratorial effort, they would have all had their stories aligned with each other. They would have all been saying the same story. This, because of the inconsistencies of the accounts, testify to the reality that this overwhelmingly new, unanticipated event was so real and so powerful. And with it, we declare that life beats death, that death has been conquered. Death, be not proud. Death is over and done with. And yet, we still struggle. We don't know how this works. Oftentimes I say in prayer, we don't know cause and effect. We just know it works. That's why it's important that we pray for each other. And in this case, how does this happen? How, do the, how does the process of decay get reversed? And Jesus, in this new body, this new glorified presence, come to us, we don't understand it. But somehow, we, we want it to be true. Our hearts want it to be the case. I believe that those people standing at the cross taunting Jesus and saying, let's see if Elijah come and, comes and brings him down. Let's see he who could heal people, let's see if he can come down himself. Let's see if the angels come. They wanted him to conquer death. They wanted his words to be true. We want it to be true. Because something within us just has a hard time with this finality that we all experience and that is a part of everyday life. So in the face of it, what can we do but somehow declare that life wins, love wins, that, that life overwhelms this reality of loss. Our dear sister Penny can't be here today. She wasn't feeling well. And as you know, she had this awful accident, knocked over by a dog at the dog park, and it was like being hit by an interior lineman. And she was out comatose for like three weeks. 
frightening time. We were so afraid that we were going to lose her. And in the midst of that, family came and, of course, Bill anguished over his dear wife and to this day continues to anguish over her. But one of, her, one of their boys told a story on him. He said he's so cheap and that in their whole marriage, he never did anything romantic other than, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> the boys know. <laughs> never did anything romantic except with the birth of the first boy. I guess he brought some flowers home for Penny. But day in, day out, Bill was looking into her face, saying to her, Penny, Pearl, open those baby blue eyes. Open those baby blue eyes. And out of hope, out of the hope of life and, and newness, Bill went out and he bought her, bought her a, a ring with a blue stone on it. Brought it to her. And held it next to her. Said, Penny, open those baby blue eyes. Open those blue eyes. I have something blue for you. Open those baby blue eyes. And she did. She awakened. She emerged from that deep three-week sleep to great joy of all of us and of family. And it was a moment of rejoicing at the emergence of life that life has more strength than death. That life sustains us. Hope sustains us. And it's not all wishful thinking. It doesn't just come out of the blue. It comes because Christ came forth from the grave. That he is risen. And he is alive. And he is with us here and now. And let me ask, over against the skepticism of our culture, I went into Google this morning, just a little wiggling Easter egg on the Google page, Google who is, which is constantly putting something up there. I guess a few years back on Easter Sunday, it was also Cesar Chavez Day, and they did Cesar Chavez and not Easter. And I guess on most Easter's, they do nothing. At least we had a wiggling Easter egg this morning. Well, over against the mood of our culture, over against the increasing skepticism and the antagonism toward the faith, the antagonism toward this central message, let me ask, 
this resurrection, that Jesus is alive? What if it's true? What if it's true? You bow with me in prayer. Oh Lord, you conceived us in love. You will receive us in love. You empower us to live this life knowing that we are loved and empowered by the hope that stands before us, that death has been swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The sting of victory is death. But thanks be to God, who gives us life through his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.